Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Well, it's July, which means it's not just monsoon season in the AZ, but soon it's going to be football season. And what is in the forecast? And we're not talking about a five-day. We're talking about a five-month forecast. Well, that's a great question and part of the reason we are here for the next hour. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi. We've given Ron Wolfley the night off. And we've gone best of the Big Red Rage. Our Jim Omohundra went into the archives so we can hit the rewind button. And look, entering camp, every team asks questions, right? And by the time camp ends, they want answers, the decision makers. And for the Cardinals, we can talk about who's starting at right guard or who's opposite Malcolm Butler at corner. Is A.J. Green that outside Z receiver opposite D Hop? But for me, the Mondo Questionnel Grande, can first-round rookie Zaven Collins be the guy from the get-go he's nearly 65 260 but he's also going to be the guy calling the defense he has the green dot as they say on the helmet he's in direct communication with d coordinator vance joseph and we had a chance to talk with one of the guys primarily responsible for drafting zavin collins that'd be director of player personnel drew grigson and we just started with his size period because he is towering at middle linebacker. That's kind of the feeling I had when I put on the tape because when I first watched him, you see, uh, you know, you see, you see a big man. He's athletic. He's running. And you know, he plays fast. You could you could tell right away he's about a four six guy. But then you keep going back and forth and looking at the. This can't be right. It's six five two sixty because you don't you just don't see Mike's the, or second level players that size and especially with that skill set. So you know, and, and then again you see how big he how, how broad his shoulders are, how thick he is through his lower. Uh, how just well put together he is. And then the athlete, he's, he's, he's a special player, and he's going to be a special player uh, for, for our organization going forward. So when you hear Steve Kine, the GM, declare on camera and say put it on camera, starter day one, Cliff Kingsbury has reiterated that, what's the risk-reward of a rookie at that position from day one, considering that guy in a lot of ways is the quarterback of the defense? Well, that, that is the, the first concern, uh, but that concern is, is – was quickly taken away when you start interviewing the kid and you hear about his background, you start talking to the coaching staff there. So, you know, if we're going to give the kid the green dot, you know, he's calling the defense for us. He's, you know, setting the front. He's making adjustments. And that's one of the first things you noticed out of rookie minicamp with him was how comfortable he was doing that, how quick he was to make adjustments, and how, how great of a communicator he was, which is exactly what you want to see. Like you said, just on the flip side with the quarterback that you want to see. And that's, that's what we saw with Zavin. Um, you know, his, his, these first few practices that, he, that he's had with us. Drew, do you think that Buda Baker um, would be able to help him out a little bit in certain situations, just knowing how yeah. around the box Buda's going to be? 
Absolutely. But you hope he doesn't have to. Right, but, you know, right. With, with, with Buddha's eyes and his instincts, his awareness, and his ability to know where everyone needs to be, he, 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 will, he will help out. But I expect Zavin, I expect Zavin to know where Buddha's supposed to be, where uh, JJ's supposed to be, where Chandler's supposed to be. That's, you know, that's his job. Again, that's why we drafted him. And that's, again, the confidence that we have in him and, and what we expect of him going forward. Director of Player Personnel Drew Grigson on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. On draft night, Michael Bidwell told us from inside the war room there was a little bit of anxiety over whether Zayvon Collins would make it past pick 15, and later the Patriots shared that if it wasn't for the quarterback, Mac Jones, Zayvon Collins would have been their guy. So take us into the draft night, because we haven't talked to you about that yet, and, you know, how much consternation was there as it was unfolding? Well, you know, when, when we interviewed Zavin uh, over Zoom and, and he hung up, he, you know, he pressed the, the leave button, we all looked at each other in the room like, oh, boy. Like, it's almost like we knew that that, that was a guy, that this is going to be a consideration at 16. And then it evolved and it became what it was. And, and that's always in the back of your mind as, as, the, as the guys are falling. And we start to look at, is, is Zavin going to get past this team or is he going to get past this team? And then, sure enough, he fell right to us and, and we're, we were able to pick him. Uh, and again, we feel great about him at 16, but I think we got a steal at 16. So, has there been another rookie when you think of the rookies and rookie minicamp? Has there been a rookie that has actually stood out? I, he's the first one that I would, just going back to everything I said, with, I, when, with his command uh, of the huddle, with his command of the defense, his ability to make adjustments, even before he gets them from Vance. I mean, he is, he's knocking stuff out. Um, you know, Vance telling me that if he makes a mistake, that's it, it doesn't happen again. Um, you know, his, his ability to, uh, to, to communicate with the rest of the defense, move people around, and be confident doing it. Now, it's going to be different, again, when it's, he's looking at J.J. Watt and, and Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. But, again, I think it, with his maturity and the respect that he's going to get from those guys, it's going to be an easy transition. Boy, Drew, just listening to you right there, that really bodes well that this oh, kid I- is doing as well as he is in rookie mini camps. Absolutely. And again, they're still not getting a ton at him. But what, just watching him out there, I, again, I, was, I, I, I left the first couple of practices and, well, okay, that, all right, this, is, this, is, this, looks, this looks pretty good right now. So we're wow. excited about him. Wow. As, as, uh, you know, and, and having him um, inside calling the defense uh, with Isaiah next to him, and, and you, know, you heard Steve mention that those, those, are, those are two gigantic freaks in the middle of the field. And yes. it's, it's just, <laughs> with two incredible skill sets for, for a Mike and Mo for us. All right, Drew Grigson, the director of player personnel, talking about those two young inside linebackers because eyes not just on Zayvon Collins, but Isaiah Simmons as well. You talk about the athleticism, you talk about the measurables, but you're also talking about the NFL game. And we talked to Buda Baker about that on a recent Big Red Rage. And just what would be the biggest challenge when you're a young guy, especially for a Zayvon Collins who's a starter from day one? Uh, I think the biggest challenge he'll probably get is the speed of the uh, oh, speed the of the game, kind yeah. of. You know, guy, he's like you guys, you've seen, he's huge, uh, very fast. He thinks of himself as a Brian Erlacher. So, you know, I've I definitely seen, you know, a couple highlights of him. And it looks like a guy who can shoot the gap and, uh, you know, play man, play zone, do the things that we want him to do on uh, defense. So, um, I definitely think he's going to be well in this league for sure. All right, so all-pro safety Buda Baker on a recent edition of the Big Red Rage with some more confidence about Zayvon Collins and what they have seen so far. You heard the comp of Brian Urlacher. We've also heard Jamie Collins. A current player would be 
Tremaine Edmonds, the extra-large inside linebacker of the Buffalo Bills. And remember, it's not just the measurables. It's the ability to diagnose the play and then defeat the block and reach the ball carry and bring them down. And that's all going to be on display when the Cardinals go to Tennessee week one and they try and go against Derrick Henry, all 6'3", 250-plus pounds of locomotive coming downhill. So we'll find out right away. What can a thumper like Zayvon Collins do for the Cardinals defense? But what about a round two receiver who runs a sub 4-3-40, a player who doesn't just move laterally in space, he, quote, teleports. We'll talk about Rondale Moore and what he can do for Cliff and Kyler in this offense next. This is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. With the 49th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Rondale Moore, receiver, Purdue. Just talked about trying to get faster over the top. I say that because there's a lot of buzz about them maybe trading up for Jalen Waddell, but Rondale Moore can fly. Low 4-3s, you can use him on some of these gadget plays. You get him on the fly sweeps, jet sweeps. The run after catch, not only is he fast, he is sturdy and strong. And once he breaks tackles and gets out in the open field, he's gone on the wheel route, double moves. He's got not only a second gear, but a third gear down the field. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network draft analyst, preceded by the Cardinals' right tackle, Kelvin Beecham, making the selection day two, round two pick, Rondale Moore. Yes, we are rated R for rookies on this best of edition of the Big Red Rage. Welcome back in, everyone. We're brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi here. And into the war room we go, because when it comes to Rondale Moore, there's what's listed. 5'7", a buck 81, the sub 4340, the vertical of 42 and a half, right? But then there's what you learn when you're listening. Like when we go all access, Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury on draft night before the selection of Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, the wide out kick returner, vertical jump like 42 and a half inches. He's a dog, like yeah. he's going to come in and think he's the man, be a pro. When the ball's in his hands, he is special, special. Median impact, returnability, he'll be ready to roll. So Cliff Kingsbury there with GM Steve Keim. And again, it sounds like Rondell Moore is going to see the field, not unlike Zayvon Collins, the first-round rookie at linebacker. If you remember, former Cowboys receiver Des Bryant tweeted out, before round two, quote, Rondell Moore, instant impact, wherever he goes, remember this tweet said Des Bryant, former Cowboys receiver. And when you see Rondell Moore out on the field like we had a chance to do at minicamp, it's just his stature, the fact he catches the ball easily, his explosion. And we joked with Director of Player Personnel Drew Grigson, who was our guest recently on the Big Red Rage, how every day is leg day with Rondell Moore. And we asked him about his physical makeup. Yeah, you know, and you, you look at the height on paper and it says 5'7". I talked to him, I was in the the dining hall with him the other day, and, and he, he might be 5'7", but you, you saw it, Paulie. I mean, he is, he is put together, and he is slapped together, and he's not a frail, meek individual. He is a, a solid 185 pounds, and he's a kid that I've been following at Purdue since day one when he stepped on the field against Northwestern in, in 2018. So my, my brother was a captain at Purdue uh, in 94, so it's a program that I always follow. And, and, and just going back to that, that year in 18 that he had, it was special. Uh, you know, college accolades, you know, All-American teams and trophies, that doesn't necessarily translate to, to pro production. 
But one interesting fact about the kid is, I mean, he was, he was only the third player in NCAA history to be a true freshman consensus All-American. The only other guys to do that were Adrian Peterson and Herschel Walker. If that tells you anything about that tells you special, that's wow. crazy. So that just again, and then he, you know, he had some injuries going into the, uh, into nineteen, and then the COVID year, and that threw a, a curveball to everyone. But uh, we know what the kid can do. He's going to make us dynamic inside. He's arguably the best run after catch guy in this draft. When he hits it straight line, it's unbelievable. But this kid's ability to to move laterally and i mean he just get teleports he, he doesn't just change direction <laughs> it's, it's it's unbelievable to, to, to watch um and he's he's a, you know he's a, he's a video game in real life I heard, I heard one of the defensive coaches say the other day uh, this kid looks quick in slow motion so um i just you know when that i just i'm excited to see him for 17 games for us all right so that's drew grigson cardinals director of player personnel recently on the big red rage bullish on rondale moore just last month we saw an analytics report come out about rookie receivers nfl.com and they talked about rondale moore maintaining his speed after contact on inside routes at the highest rate of any receiver in d1 which is intriguing because there's another stat that during that freshman campaign, he was an All-American, he had more missed tackles than any receiver had in a decade. So all that combined, we had to go to former Cardinals linebacker Rob Fredrickson, who's still an avid fan of the Big Ten as a former Michigan State Spartan. And because Rob spends most of his Saturdays watching every Big Ten game, we got his take on Rondale Moore. I watch a lot of Big Ten football, I watch a, a lot of my Spartans, and, yes. and a few years ago, Rondell Moore was absolutely destroying the Big Ten. I mean, he was honestly in the Heisman talk, and he destroyed Ohio State. Uh, now, he's had some injuries the last couple of years, and he hasn't, he hasn't seen the field a lot, so that's obviously a concern, but just from a talent standpoint, yeah, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but I'm I'm telling you, he is the quick one of the quickest players you'll ever see. And once he gets the ball, he knows what to do with it. Very exciting football player. I hope he can stay healthy. That's you know that's that's going to be the big knock on wood. But uh, Rondell Moore, you know, it, it, if this guy stayed healthy, he would have been a first round pick. Do you think he evolves? Cliff Kingsbury's offense, meaning there's going to be some wrinkles we've never seen before because they now have a Rondell Moore, or is this the piece that completes Cliff Kingsbury's offense and the guy he's been looking for all along? Yeah, if, if I'm speaking honestly here, I, I, I don't want to see a, whole, a bunch of whole new wrinkles, honestly. I, I actually want to see a, a, this offense gain an identity and and I think personally it starts with the running game. I want I want to see more downhill running. I want to see more under center. Um, but that's just me personally. That's I just think there's so many more things. Harumph. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think there's so many more things you can do when you're under center, and it doesn't have to be all the time. But yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, tw- maybe twenty, thirty, uh, twenty, fifteen snaps a game. Let's let's do some things where uh, that running game really starts to establish things, and then you're going to see guys like Rondell Moore really exploit things coming out of play action over the middle. Oh, my goodness. Becker, do you really think that might happen? For me, it's the biggest question mark going into the season. It really is. It's not the defense. It's the offense. Ironically enough, it's the offense. And how much will this offense change I, I you know is it are going to be a blending of the old and more traditional uh, offenses with the new I, I don't know but that to me is the biggest question mark 
Yeah, well, Wolf, I remember last year you and I were talking yeah. uh, before before the game, and and we we were we were just pleading for for something like that to happen, and and they, and they did. Cliff Cliff started yes. getting Kyler under center. They were doing some bootlegs, some play action, and and moving DeAndre Hopkins around. I, I don't think it's good to have him stagnant over on the left side. Let's move him around a little bit. It was working. And so I think when, when, when in the offseason, when they go back and, and self-scout and self-evaluate the season and watch the film and they see some of those plays that, you know what, there's, there's some things that we can build off of that, um, I, I think they're going to implement it. I really do. All right, Cardinals broadcaster Rob Fredrickson there, former Cardinals linebacker and first-round pick himself, and it's a great point. If the D&D hop is going to stand for double-team, then the Cardinals have to make these defenses pay, right? Get the ball to Rondell Moore in space or to A.J. Green on the outside. You have the one-two punch at running back. You can't let defenses sit back in the soft cover two like they did a lot of last year with those two high safeties and then use zone coverages underneath. Hey, a reminder, team up with the Cardinals and State Farm by donating a backpack filled with school supplies for students in need in the Tempe Elementary School District. Support our virtual back-to-school drive from now through July 9th, go to azcardinals.com slash back to school. That's azcardinals.com slash back, the number two, and school. All right, we talked about Rondell Moore and Zayvon Collins, but two of the more compelling players are rookie cornerbacks, both with size and speed and a lot of motivation. Their story next as we continue with this best-of edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. With the 136th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Marco Wilson, cornerback, Florida. Smart player, too, and that's what they value. Rondell Moore graduated Purdue in two and a half years, and uh, Zayvon Collins was a high school valedictorian. Marco Wilson, aptitude test, off the charts, smart player with, the, of course, athletic ability. Yeah, he should be known for more than throwing the shoe against LSU. He's a good player, trained by his father, who was a college defensive back. His brother, Quincy Wilson, also in the NFL. Good bloodlines, good intellect. That is Peter Schrager and Charles Davis, NFL Network, after the day three selection of Marco Wilson in the most recent NFL draft. Yes, we are rated R for rookies on this best of edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. I'm Paul Calvisi, and we're going into the hot tub time machine. Some of the best conversations from this past offseason as we look ahead to the upcoming season and Look, for the first time in a decade, the Cardinals are without Patrick Peterson. They'll see their former eight-time Pro Bowl corner in Week 2, the home opener against the Vikings. So going into camp, that cornerback room, there is the known and the unknown. Malcolm Butler and Byron Murphy, okay. But then the rest is TBD, to be determined. And the two rookies are part of the mix, especially a Marco Wilson, who has that elite skill set. He's six foot even. Buck 91 ran a 4'3", 4'40", 43.5 vertical, and 26 reps on the bench. This is all for a cornerback, and that's where we start our conversation with the Cardinals' director of player personnel, Drew Grigson. Well, with Marco, you know you're getting a guy that's got height, weight, speed. He ran well. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the picture of, of him out jumping the vertex where he jumped 43 inches or something like that. So yeah. we, know he, we know he could run and jump, but he's also a – you know, a, a, a 30-plus game starter in the SEC. He's seen every top receiver. He's seen first-round draft picks week in and week out. 
Uh, he comes from a football family. Uh, you know, his dad played at Miami. His brother obviously played um, at Florida a few years before him. Uh, he's a hard worker. He's, he's going to be a tough outside corner. He could play press man. So he's a, he's a guy that fits us, and he fits us personality-wise. He's going to contribute. All right, Drew Grigson, once again, the Cardinals' director of player personnel, talking about Marco Wilson, who walked into Florida, started as a true freshman, only the fourth player ever to do that. The other three include Joe Hayden and Janoris Jenkins. And then in round six, the Cardinals got Tay Gowan, who's even bigger at six foot one, and his supreme confidence, Tay Gowan believes, if he wouldn't have opted out of 2020, he would have been a first or second round pick. And we talked about these rookie corners with Buda Baker, the all-pro safety on a recent edition of the Big Red Rage, and we asked him about mentoring these young guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely excited to see what those guys can do. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to see them on the field and you know, help them out however we can. But for me, being a DB, being a safety, I'm definitely going to have to give them the calls, help them out, whatever they need help with. And we have a lot of faith in G Money, the corners coach over there. And, uh, you know, even guys like Byron, who is going to help the young guys. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys can do for sure. All right, Buda Baker there on the two rookie corners. And remember, the all-pro safety along with Jalen Thompson, they're going to be out on that field with a combination of three corners most of the time in the Cardinals' base defense. And you heard Buda mention G-Money. Well, that's short for Greg Williams, the Cardinals' cornerbacks coach, who was a guest recently on the Big Red Rage. And we asked Coach Williams, all right, what makes a good press man corner and how much confidence do you need at that position? What it takes is a guy with, uh, with supreme confidence, really. Uh, because as you know, man, you're out there on an island uh, and, you know, it's, it's so much exposure that uh, you have to be able to put plays behind you, bad plays behind you, and also put the good plays behind you. So you need a guy that has supreme confidence and supreme belief in himself to go out there. And then obviously the talent. Uh, I mean, you got to be talented to play in this league anyway, so you got to have that. That's a prerequisite. You know what? It's really interesting you bring that up right off the top because a couple of weeks ago here in the Big Red Rage, we had the pleasure of talking with Frank Sanders, longtime receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, former round mm-hmm. two pick. And then one of the things he said about bringing in rookie corners, we anticipated this, was that receivers in the NFL will welcome young corners to the league by trying to steal their confidence, in the words of Frank Sanders. Mm-hmm. And and we'll, we remember that. And then listen to Tay Gowan when he's talking to the media, because if you want belief in yourself, listen to him after he was picked in round six. Just know I've been counted out my whole life. I wanted to show on a big platform that I could play. And now I'm about to show that I could dominate on the NFL level. I'll be a Tom Brady of the corners. Uh, I, I think I needed this. I needed this in my um, my journey and, and the way I'm going to approach the game. So I want to say thank you for the wait, actually. So, Coach, is that what you're talking about? That sort of confidence? Say I'm going to be the Tom Brady of corners? Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, he's He's got that confidence. But it's it's the thing about him is, is once you get to know him, it's not just – what he says he actually uh he actually lives that you know what i mean he, uh even even talking to him in the last few days just putting installs in and talking to him he's he backs it up by his work ethic so it's not just talk a lot of guys can talk it but you really have to believe it and you have to walk the walk and so far uh since i've known this young man he uh he has what it takes to actually walk the walk when it when it comes to that type of confidence coach what are your thoughts on marco wilson and getting him in the fourth round uh, we thought right away, uh, uh, VJ and myself uh, and Marcus Robertson, as we watched him, we knew that he had uh, talent. You know, he had he has a skill set 
just like some of the other elite corners that went earlier in the draft. And uh, it's just a matter of getting consistent. And then we think that he has that in him. Obviously, the bloodline that he has. Uh, I was with the Colts when we drafted his brother, uh, who I am still, uh, so I'm still friends with to this day, and uh, and respect because he was very knowledgeable about the game. So we know his background and, and the kind of work ethic that he's going to bring. So we think uh, with Marco and 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 Tay, we think their best ball is, is ahead of him. I mean, if you're Marco Wilson and you walked into Florida and you started as a true freshman at 18 years of age, look at all the SEC receivers who just went in this draft, right? So if there's a guy who could really threaten to get some early playing time, I would think it would be a guy like Marco Wilson. Yeah, Marco's going to come in and he's, I don't don't believe it's going to be too big for him at all. Uh, he's obviously proven that this guy, he's, and if you know, he played a lot of, a lot of good football in high school as well. So he's, He's been around it. He's played it. And then, like you said, he started and he played a ton of games in the SEC. So he'll be facing receivers that he saw on, that he saw on Saturdays. He'll be seeing some of these same guys on, uh, on Sunday. So it's not going to be too big for him. He's, gonna, he, he's got a nice, quiet confidence about himself. And that's kind of what we looked at when Steve was asking about these guys and the kind of guys he wanted to be Cardinals. Uh, those are the type, type of characteristics that he was looking for. And I think both of those guys really uh, they really have that kind of characteristics about them. Coach, there was a lot of conversation in regard to Marco Wilson about him throwing a shoe against LSU. I mean, right, did you, right. yeah, what are your thoughts on that overall, Coach? Yeah, I knew about the shoe just because, uh, you know, I watched the news, I watched SportsCenter. But uh, when we watched the coach's copy, when I, when I was evaluating his game film, uh, watch the tape. He does a lot of good things on tape. <laughs> so as you watch the game and you're watching all the plays he's making on tape, and then the tape on the coach's copy, it cuts off before he throws the shoe. So if you just watch the coach's copy, you get all the good plays without the throwing of the shoe. So I knew about what happened, but but it was – uh, I was I was already I was already convinced by the skill set that I saw throughout the game. So you're not yeah, worried about really that. Good game. Yeah, you're not no, worried not about all. him having an emotional issue where he, you know, to me, emotion on the football field. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing unless it makes no. you do something dumb. <laughs> I mean, Wolf, you're no. the guy. Who, you're the guy who threw the dog biscuits and the dog bones back <laughs> at the dog pound in Cleveland when that, you were on the I field. I understand, Paul. That's exactly my point. It takes one to know one. That's right. Well, I mean, Coach, seriously, though, I mean, it really sounds like he's learned a lesson. To hear him talk about it and talk about how you have to be in control of your emotions at all times and and how silly mistakes can affect not just you but other people. I mean, if you're going to learn that lesson, college is the time to do it, I would presume. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and talking to him, talking to him, I know Steve had a chance to speak with him over Zoom. So did Vance Joseph. So did I. Uh, we did that on a couple separate occasions. You, you get to know him, and you know that it wasn't a malicious act. It wasn't to hurt his teammates. He's not an out-of-control guy, and we did our due diligence in, in talking to people down there in Gainesville, and you can't find one person uh, one person you know that's within that building that had something negative to say about his personality. So uh, that convinced us right there. That is Cardinals cornerbacks coach Greg Williams on a recent addition to the Big Red Rage. And look, if college is for learning lessons, well – That's exactly what happened with Marco Wilson. And guess what? You look at the NFC West, and you look at the combination of receivers on every single team in Seattle. It's Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. The Rams have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. The Niners with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And how about the first two weeks on the Cardinals' schedule? The Titans with Julio Jones now and A.J. Brown. The Vikings with Adam Thielen 
and Justin Jefferson. It's going to be cornerback by committee. The Cardinals are going to need all of these guys in some combination of Vance Joseph's coverages. All right, when we come back in this edition, this best of edition of the Big Red Rage, another rookie. This guy is considered a comp for Marcus Golden. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Cagey was another guy that um, adding a, a big, thick, strong outside linebacker, I was excited about. He started every single game he played in college. I think it was 46, 47 straight games. And Charlie Bowen and I, Quinn Harris and I, we, we went to the pro day. The coaches start talking about this guy and, you know, they just light up. The kid's all business. They say he's the alpha of the group. Uh, they actually use the word scary to describe him. So um, <laughs> you know, no one messes with the guy. So you get that alpha personality with a Duke degree. It's kind of rare. Yes, a rare combo indeed, no doubt. That is Drew Grigson, Director of Player Personnel, earlier this offseason here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. This is a best-of edition, and you know what? You're drafting in round six. You have pick number 210. Why not take a flyer on that guy who started as a true freshman at Duke? Second all-time in sacks in Duke history. Had a three-and-a-half sack game last year against Boston College. Named a semifinalist for the Ronnie Lott Impact Trophy. Drew Grigson talking about Victor Dimukeji. 6'2", 260, long arms, and a nonstop motor. In fact, so relentless, a big reason the Cardinals drafted him is because they consider his comp Marcus Golden. And we started our conversation with Victor Dimukeji by asking him, what does football mean to you? Uh, football means a lot to me. Um, I started playing around the eighth grade. Um, didn't really know a lot about the sport when I moved from Nigeria. But um, once I started playing, you know, I fell in love with the game. Um, you know, I have passion for the game. And, um, you know, it means a lot to me right now. I'm just trying to play as long as possible. You moved from Nigeria with your family when you were eight? Um, actually, it was kind of like a roller coaster. So um, I was born in Nigeria. I moved to North Carolina with my family around the age of three. Went back to Nigeria around the age of five, and then me and my family moved to Baltimore around the age of eight. Is there any football in Nigeria? Does anyone play football, American football, in Nigeria? <laughs> when I was there, no. You know, I played soccer when I was younger, but I didn't know anything about football until I got here. You know, there's this stat. I, I just got to get to this, because when you were drafted, we were talking about the Cardinals draft class, and this stood out. You bench press 225 pounds 32 times as a high school junior I mean, that's got to be a typo. Is that correct, Victor? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was actually – I actually did more in high school than I did um, at my pro day. I was, I was pretty strong coming out of high school. So when you graduate with a degree in evolutionary anthropology, how demanding was that? <laughs> oh, man, it was tough. Um, my freshman year, I had to, I had to learn quick because trying to balance, um, you know, academics with football starting as a true freshman – um, you know, it was definitely tough my freshman year, but um, as time went on, you know, I was able to, like, play faster, um, learn how to take care of my time wisely, and um, just know how to balance everything. Right, let's talk about why the Cardinals chose Victor Dimukeji, and let's go back to that conversation we had in the Big Red Rage right after the draft. Director of Player Personnel Drew Grigson and Wolf, you were chopping it up with him at one point. You guys were talking about the Cardinals' six-round pick, who's 6'2", 262, Drew Grigson. 
he's going to be a hard-charging ball of muscle for us. He just plays with a relentless motor, reminding <laughs> me of Marcus Golden when I watched him. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And he's it. got a great last name when you think about it, Debu Kagey. It's just it's oh, going to sound really absolutely. good and look good on the back of a jersey. Tough to figure out, you know, when you're first looking at him, you just call him Vic. <laughs> there you go, Drew Grigson. So let me ask you, uh, Vic, if we can call you that, uh, Marcus Golden, do you agree with that comp? Now that you've seen Marcus Golden, at least in the mandatory mini camps, what do you think about the comp? Um, Marcus Golden, he's a great player. That's actually one of the guys I've been around um, through our OTAs and minicamp. You know, I've learned a lot from him. Um, he's a great leader, and I actually, like, knew about him um, when he was coming out of college. Um, I've watched a lot of him, and he's a great player. He plays with a lot of effort. He's a guy that you respect when you put on the tape. You see 100% effort. You see that motor. You see the relentlessness. And, um, you know, that's that's a great comparison because, honestly, um, he's been in the league for a while. He had some good seasons. And um, you saw what he did once he um, got to the Cardinals last year. So, you know, um, just learning from him, trying to get as much knowledge as I can from him, you know, that would take me a long way. You mentioned Marcus Golden. What about Chandler Jones? Have you had a chance to interact with Chandler? I know he wasn't at the minicamp, but maybe in some of the Zoom meetings or some other meetings around the facility. And, you know, we talked to Zach Allen, Cardinals defensive lineman. In his time at Boston College, he would study tape of J.J. Watt. And now he's sharing a position room and getting text messages from J.J. Watt. So I'm curious, to what degree had you studied uh, Chandler Jones over the last few years just as one of the premier pass rushers in all the land? Well, now, that's a guy, yeah, I started a lot of Chandler Jones. You know, he's been doing this for years. Um, he averages around like 10 sacks a year. So I've kept up with him. Um, he's one of the best at what he does. And um, I've actually in- interacted with him on Zoom calls, and I met him one time in person. So um, just having that guy in the room, you know, that's a guy. That's another guy I could learn a lot from. You know, um, you know, I could pick his brain. Um, and I definitely look up to him. You know, he's done a lot in this league. And, um, you know, I hopefully um, hope to get there one day. Victor, do you like playing over a tight end? Do you like that? Do you prefer the open side, or do you like playing over a tight end? I like doing both. Um, I feel like I could do both. I could play the Sam and the Will. Um, I've been learning both since I got here. So I feel like whenever you know, whenever my number is called, whenever it's time to go in, wherever the coaches want me to fit in or want me to play, I feel like I'm ready to play it. Do you feel like you can hold up at the point of attack on the edge? Do you feel like you can set that edge, Victor? Um, actually, I feel like that's one of the things I do really well. Um, I feel like I'm I'm violent at the point of attack. And, um, you know, I'm very, you know, I have a motor. I know how to set the edge. Um, you know, it's all about getting the ball and having great hand placement. And I feel like I do a really good job with that. How about J.J. Watt? Sure. Give us some first impressions, what you see in your takeaways from number 99. Oh, yeah, he's he's different, you know. You see, um, you see how he works. You see how he's different when he walks in the building. You know, he's a well, he's a well-respected guy. You know, he puts in the extra work, um, in the training room. You know, um, in the weight room. He just, he's, he's a pro. He, um, he's the definition of a pro. He does everything the right way. And, um, you know, I actually got some extra work with him after one of the um, mini camp days. You know, I was just able to learn, take his brain and learn some stuff from him, just doing different drills, and um, just seeing like what he does to like or like what he did to like get him to the position he's at today and um you know just being around him you know makes me better and you know that's another guy on this team that you know i have to get to know and like be around because i hopefully um want to be as good as them one day and and you know he wears 99 obviously you wear 92 for wolf and myself on this show for five years our player host was bertrand barry 
who wore number 92, yep. had a Pro Bowl season 2004, 14 and a half sacks, and he's now one of our Cardinals broadcasters. He was on the Red Sea Report, and Victor, he was asked about you wearing number 92 Bertram Berry B-Train. If you're going to wear that number, you better be able to get after quarterback because I don't want people riding the pine with the number 92. That that number is not to be on the sidelines soaking up Gatorade and all that kind of stuff. It's meant to be out there on the field getting after quarterbacks and making big plays. It's associated with greatness and handsomeness. So if you're going to wear that number, you better be good at what you do and you better be a good-looking stud. So, so, so there you go. There's your. If you're wondering what your goals are this this year, your rookie season, okay, you got to play good and you got to look good, according to Bertrand Berry. I feel like I got the good looks already. I just got to play good enough. <laughs> That's good. See, you're you're already halfway there. You know, you, you got that self confidence that you know you looked the part. Like just like B Train always knew he looked the part, right? It was it was the clean or fresh look, right, Wolf? That's what I always yeah, used to say, no, right? There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, so, Victor, have they told you how they plan on using you, Vance Joseph? Yeah. I mean, is it just going to be edge, edge, edge all the time? I really, I'm not really sure right now. Like once I got here, we just started learning plays, um, learning both the salmon and the wheel positions, um, learning stuff on special teams. So like right now, they just want me to learn the playbook, and then um, after the training camp, we'll see from there. All right, so there's Victor Demukeji, the sixth rounder. He's into his playbook right now, and he took it easy on us. Didn't talk over our heads with that Duke degree, but. Look, it's going to be fun to see how it goes in camp in the preseason, especially when he was known as an alpha male at Duke. Guys did not mess with him. And then you combine that with the measurables and a motor they compare to Marcus Golden, and there's no doubt we're going to see him on special teams at the very least. In the seventh round, the Cardinals drafted safety James Wiggins out of Cincinnati. Limited last season coming off injury, but going into that 2019 campaign, check this out. A college football freaks list came out. It included Isaiah Simmons, Rondell Moore, and James Wiggins. He squats 725, benches 225 for 18 reps, runs a 4-4-40. So we'll see if he makes a name for himself, especially on special teams as well. And then you have another newcomer, but not just to the Cardinals, but to America. Tight end Bernhard Sykovitz from the Vienna Vikings, as in Austria, via the NFL's International Pathway Program. He's 6'5", 260, and on a team that's short on tight ends, Psycho's going to get every chance to prove that he belongs. We had a chance to catch up last month, and our Ron Wolfley asked him, how's it going? It's going pretty pretty good, um, I believe. Um, I mean, we're practicing hard every day, um, putting everything in we have. Um, transition so far has been really smooth um i came in and i thought it would be a little bit more up tempo but i guess the otas this year are i don't know how to say it, but like the we only had helmets on and stuff like that so um it wasn't too taxing on the body but i guess for a rookie that's good because you can kind of smooth in there but yeah it's it's been pretty good um i I'm still trying to meet everybody at the facility, which is pretty hard for me, remembering all the names and stuff, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> the last time you met the media and were on board with Bernhard Sykovitz, newest Arizona Cardinals tight end, you were still in quarantine in a hotel room. You had just arrived from Europe. So what have you learned so far about the NFL that perhaps you didn't know? I mean, I came in prepared um, to kind of this business monster, the NFL, like, um, the cutthroat style, um, but I've, I've, as I said, I, I walked into a facility. Everybody welcomed me with open arms, so I didn't really feel any of that. 
it's honestly it's just been a great experience and um i have fun every day i walk in there and um, get to work and that's also really rewarding because um, all the time playing in europe and not getting anything out of the sport um, except for playing the sport that you love with your friends um but now you even get like like a reward like actual money reward which is really cool for me um um yeah that's probably the biggest change for me psycho are you are you honestly a celebrity over in austria right i mean how many guys are playing in the national football league how many guys actually have the opportunity to play in the national football league walking around austria do do your friends know that how big of a deal is that i mean i don't want to say it's like a really big deal but of course like um the football community in austria which is growing every day um i guess everybody knows about it and um people are really intrigued by it um, especially the young players that i've even coached at the vikings and uh, all the other teams are really happy for me and into it because that's everybody's dream even if you grow up in austria of course it seems so far away but even if only if one guy makes it or like gets the chance in the nfl um to make it that fuels a lot of young kids over in Austria mm-hmm. and Europe um I've I've been talking to kids from Germany from Swiss I mean um a lot of people people reached out to me and it's it's just really humbling to see what kind of like effect you have on young people back home very cool Bernhard Seigewitz, our guest from the International Pathway Program on the Cardinals roster, competing for a spot. Uh, and, and, Wolf, to answer your question, just go ahead and go to Twitter and check the hashtag German Bird Gang, okay, or Vienna yes. Vikings. I mean, yes. yeah, he's a big deal, no doubt about it. Going back to how you got into football, you said, if I saw this correctly, you fell in love with football after your first Oklahoma drill. <laughs> is, is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. I mean, um, back in the days in Vienna – um, the coaches um, used to be pretty old school, I would say. So the first thing the rookies would do is like tackling drills. And one, one really big tackling drill is, of course, the Oklahoma drill. And still to this state, I, I always see the young guys, the under 10 guys doing tackling drills and Oklahoma drills. And yeah, that like the first hit, I, I, I felt weird at the first, but I don't know, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And yeah, that's what made me stick to the sport. Psycho, on that note right there, would you rather catch a touchdown pass or knock somebody <laughs> on their butt? <laughs> I think I think those are pretty much on the same level. Um, <laughs> like I really enjoy like the physical physicality of the game. Yes. Um, and when you just manhandle another guy that is a grown up man, just like you are, <laughs> um, that's a that's a really great feeling. But also. Yes. Um, running away from someone or choking someone out to catch the touchdown is also a really rewarding feeling. When you met the media initially, you said yeah. that you felt like you're ready to compete at this level. Have you proved? Is that proven? Have you seen from what you've seen? How confident are you? You can compete when training camp comes around. Um, so of course, growing up overseas, um, I never watched an NFL game live, so I could never or college games, so I could never see how big the bodies really are or how fast they move. Um, so the biggest thing for me coming over here, the first thing I wanted to see for myself is how big are they, how fast are they. Uh, and even, as I said, we didn't do any, like we just had helmets on, so we didn't go um, head-to-head or 
like man on man blocking or um, any of this. Um, but seeing that from the physical standpoint, um, I'm right with those guys, um, gave me um, confidence in myself. Um, so now it's just, um, can I play better football than those guys? Um, can I learn the playbook faster? And yeah, especially things like learning the playbook, I think that's 100% on me. So um, if I really study my playbook, which I am, um, I think I can show the coaches that I'm a fast learner and I, I hope they start trusting me more and more and um, who knows what happens after this. Um, how do you say, I'm going to kick your butt in German? How, how do you say that? Do you know how to do that, Psycho? I mean... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it would be ich trete dir in den Arsch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you said, but I like the Arsch. Yeah. All right, that's good stuff there from Bernard Sykovitz, the Cardinals' rookie tight end from Austria. And it's good to hear the Oklahoma drill is alive and well in Europe. And by the way, after that interview, Wolf pounded like four pounds of schnitzel as uh, he got hungry just thinking about that. So shout out to the German Bird Gang and NFL Deutschland, two Twitter handles that follow Bernhard Seikovitz religiously. And I'll tell you, based on what we saw at minicamp, he has the size, he can move. Can he play tackle football? That is the question, and that's what everyone will find out in training camp next month. So, by the way, he said he's very impressed so far with the physique, quote-unquote, of J.J. Watt is in. He's jacked up J.J. Watt and been very impressed overall by Max Williams, the veteran tight end in that room. Hey, single game tickets are on sale now. Just go to azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. All right, special thanks as always, executive producer Jim Almohundro. We are tracking towards Cardinals Camp 2021. One big red rage at a time. All brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.